0: Hey, it's the Weather Channel podcast. I'm Ari Sarsalari, a meteorologist here at the Weather Channel. I'm hanging out with John Erdman, another meteorologist here at the Weather Channel. I know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus lately. There was a lot of stuff going on. I was at a conference for a week, the National Weather Association Conference in St. Louis. Then we had Florence, and we've been trying to get some technical stuff kind of working for the podcast here. But we're going to get a bunch more of these shot here in the next several weeks, and it's going to be more regular. So... Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, John is up in Wisconsin. I think, I think you were down here in Atlanta for a little bit during Florence, weren't you? I know I at least saw you. We didn't get to talk too much because everybody was so busy.
1: <laughs> hey, Ari. It's great to talk to you. Oh, yeah. I was down in Atlanta for uh, Florence coverage, and uh, during which time I, I almost melted in the southeast heat uh, because it's already, <laughs> it's already fall up here in Wisconsin. We're already getting some leaves turning, and it's, it's, it's gotten chilly. So, uh, yeah, it, it was good to visit the uh, home office.
0: Had a few uh, mornings in the 40s. Any 30s yet?
1: Uh, we had some 30s uh, a couple of days ago uh, in Ooh. the outlying suburbs. So yeah, it, it
0: set it in pretty quick. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, isn't, isn't it getting cooler by the end of this week too, I think? And by the way, we're recording this on, what the heck is the date today? The 25th, right? <laughs> September 25th.
1: Yeah, they're talking about highs in the uh, 50s over parts of the northern tier states um, late in the week. So, boy, that's a, that's a shock to the system for, for those who are swelting through a pretty hot summer.
0: Yeah, now we start to play the game of how long before we turn on the heat. <laughs> how long can you make it? How long can you last? And it's the opposite in Atlanta. you got to see how long can you wait till you turn on the AC after the winter. Anyway, um, today we're going to be talking about just kind of how weird of a season It's been in the Atlantic. It's just been a weird tropical season for a couple different reasons. Uh, John recently wrote an article on this, uh, by the way, on weather.com, so you should check it out. But I wanted to talk to him about it because it's a pretty interesting subject. You've got uh, all these subtropical storms that have been forming in the northern part of the tropics in the Atlantic. Um, You've had kind of a quiet season in the Caribbean after just a monster season in 2017 where we had Irma and Maria. And uh, then we had Florence, which just had such a weird track. It was pretty far up toward the north. It's just something you don't see all the time. So let's start with all these subtropical storms. And, you know, before we get started, why don't, why don't we just explain what is a subtropical storm? You know, because we get all these classifications. There's a tropical storm. There's a non-tropical storm. There's a post-tropical storm. There's a subtropical storm. What does all this stuff mean?
1: Yeah, we're big in nomenclature, aren't we? Uh, yes. So- <laughs> Yeah. So um, basically, uh, a tropical storm is, is warm pretty much from the surface all the way through its core. So you think of a generally warm atmosphere with it deriving its energy from the ocean, from the warm ocean. That's a, that's a tropical storm and a hurricane. It's basically a big heat engine is, is what's how it's typically described. Uh, then you have the type of low pressure system that you see, say, in uh, parts of the Midwest or the Plains or the Northeast, that that derives its energy from the jet stream and from cha- and from contrasts in temperature. In other words, frontal systems. That's called an extratropical storm. Well, it turns out that you can have a system that has a little bit of both of those. It's called a subtropical storm. So it's a system that's kind of cool aloft. Maybe has a little some some winds aloft, some stronger winds that you typically see from a hurricane. But it can start to derive some energy from just warm enough sea surface temperatures that you get, this, you get this storm that's kind of a hybrid or a mix of those two systems called a subtropical storm. And it's also called a subtropical storm because it tends to occur in what's called the subtropics. So, you know, generally in, the, in higher latitudes than you would typically see, say, a tropical storm and hurricanes form. Uh, so, you know, generally in, the, in parts of, the, say, the central Atlantic Ocean. And that's certainly been the case so far in 2018.
0: So basically you've got a tropical storm, which is, you know, these small compact, usually they're smaller, more compact. And I guess I'll just kind of go through the way that I define them sometimes when I talk about them on the air, because uh, the definitions that John just gave are totally like correct. And there are certain ways that I think about it a little differently too. You know, the tropical systems are usually a little bit smaller. They usually have a pretty clear center. They're small and compact and they're pretty strong. And then you've got these what you referred to as an extra tropical storm, which I just call a a regular storm, a non-tropical storm. Um, That's, you know, those big storm systems. They're like, they can be the size of the entire East Coast. That's like, I'll usually think of what a big winter storm looks like. That's usually what a non-tropical storm looks like. And then subtropical is just kind of a mixture of the two. It's something in between. So does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that totally makes sense. In fact, uh, you know, you can you can kind of you can kind of know it when you see it when you look at a satellite image. You look at you, you obviously know a hurricane when you're looking at a satellite image. It, you you can't miss the eye. Uh even a tropical storm will just have a nice cluster of convection right there, real compact as you mentioned. Uh if you look at a say like a winter storm, it'll look like a comma or an apostrophe, you know, a you huge miss, comma. Sometimes engulfing all of the East Coast or the plain states. You you know it when you see it. So a so subtropical system kind of doesn't look like either um, it, it generally has a larger wind field. So
0: it's kind of a, it's kind of a strange bird. So what's been the deal this year? I mean, it seems like we've had more of these subtropical storms than usual. Is this, you, you know, is this like a new thing that's happening? Is it due to climate change? Is it just the, the certain setup that we have going on this year with the, uh, stuff going on in the atmosphere or what? Well, yeah. And I
1: want to give a shout out first of all, to, uh, Dr. Michael Ventrist from, uh, the weather company who really, really kind of raised the flag on this while he was, while we were covering Florence, he said, Hey, you notice we've had how many subtropical systems this year? So again, a shout out to him. He's a, he's a must follow on Twitter. He's at MJ Ventress. If you're a real weather geek and you really like to dig into not just short-term meteorology, but long-term seasonal forecasting, he is, he is one of the best minds out there.
0: And he's a cool dude. I got to meet him for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, it's always cool for me, you know, like I'm an on-air guy, but like I see these people on Twitter all the time and I think of them as Twitter celebrities. I'm like, oh, this is the guy that does all these amazing tweets. I finally get to meet him in person. He was a really cool dude, though. But anyway, go on.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, so this year what we've seen so far is we've had 12 name storms as we're we're taping this on September 25th. Uh, you know, so we've gotten all the way through Leslie, the L name in the alphabet and half of those named storms, six of those 12 have spent time being subtropical depressions or subtropical storms. And uh, according to Dr. Phil Klotzbach from Colorado State University who tracks these things, uh, over 50 years of records, no no season has had more systems spend their times as subtropical storms than what we've seen this year. So yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's, that's a nice little factoid and a nugget, but the question is why is that happening? Well, uh, as you see in our forecast, our article that'll be published on uh, weather.com, dot uh, you can put all the name storm tracks on the map. And what's kind of illuminating is when you plot just the storms that were subtropicals, uh, depressions or storms, and when they were subtropical depressions or storms, all but one, which the the exception was Alberto in uh, around Memorial Day, which came up from the Caribbean. All of the rest of those were basically in a strip of the Atlantic Ocean. Um, basically between roughly between 30 and 45 degrees north latitude. So roughly between the latitude of, say, Jacksonville, Florida, to the latitude of, say, Nova Scotia. And they've all been in that area of the central Atlantic. And if you look at sea surface temperature anomalies, that's where the most anomalously warm water has has most persistently been during the hurricane season. has been in that strip. So you see five of those six systems that were subtropical systems flared up. In that water that's been warmer than average. And as it turns out, it's warm enough so that these, these, Ordinary low-pressure systems that may have had fronts with them at one time eventually derive their energy from the warmer water and become subtropical cyclones. So it's so what a new thing.
0: So what you're saying is that usually in latitudes that high, if a storm forms, it's going to be a regular storm, a non-tropical storm. But because the water has been so warm, it's been warmer than it than usual this year, It th- that the storms have started to take on tropical characteristics so that they get to the point where they're like half tropical, half non-tropical,
1: Right. Yeah, that's been a factor. Uh you know, another factor is there's also been less wind shear over the central Atlantic than typical. And you know, usually the farther north you go, the more wind shear you encounter because the the jet stream winds are typically are stronger the farther north you go, but so far this uh, this hurricane season, uh the wind the wind shear which tends to rip storms apart t- has been lighter in that strip of the subtropical central Atlantic Ocean. So if you, if you picture this kind of the area between Bermuda on the west And say a group of islands called the Azores in the east, uh, there's been less wind shear and the water's been warmer. And so these systems have become subtropical systems more often.
0: What happens to those systems? Because, uh, you know, apart from Alberto, I can't remember any of them that have affected the U.S. Do they just kind of drift off usually if if they form in that area that we were just talking about? Do they drift off toward the north and east? And then are those the big storms that end up hitting like Western Europe?
1: Yeah, most of them, uh, you know, most some of them may sit and loaf and lollygag for a while. The, the latest one, Leslie, is is going to do that for several days as of this taping. But yeah, uh, Debbie and uh, especially Ernesto ended up uh, ended up into Western Europe. Uh, Joyce um, a couple of weeks ago just kind of loafed uh, to the south of the Azores and then just just fizzled out. Um, one of the interesting ones was um, Hurricane Barrel, which uh, in early July formed east of the. Uh, Windward Islands. So, you know, kind of in the main development region, became a hurricane, then hit wind shear and fizzled for a while bef- when it uh, hit uh, the Windward Islands. But then its remnant actually spawned a subtropical system uh, between Bermuda and Nova Scotia for a, kind of a second life there. So, um, yeah, most of them typically either just sit and spin or spin themselves out over the central Atlantic, or they can get carried into Europe and become pretty strong post tropical systems that bring a lot of wind.
0: So there have been some systems that they kind of start off in the general tropics, you know, the lower latitudes, and then they kind of make it toward the higher latitudes. And, you know, they can either as a remnant and then they become subtropical. What was the deal with Florence? What was so unique about the track with Florence? Because I know it was pretty far up toward the north, wasn't it?
1: Well, Ari, you're probably aware there's a lot of meteorological rules of thumb out there. And the problem with rules of thumb is they don't work 100% of the time. And one of the rules of thumb that I can remember from, from many, many years ago is if, is, is if you get a name storm uh, too early when it comes off of Africa, say around the Cabo Verde Islands, which is a group of islands just west of Africa, if it becomes a name storm too early, most of the time they tend to curl out to sea, curl northward out to sea and, and are not a U.S. threat. Well, Florence uh, basically took that rule of thumb and basically smashed it on the ground Um, You know, it became a a, a depression right near the Cabo Verde Islands, uh, and then just kept going toward the west-northwest. And the peculiar thing with Florence is it first developed into a Category 4 hurricane. Uh, This was over a 1,000 miles away from Bermuda, so it was just way out in the middle of the central Atlantic Ocean. Uh, But then it weakened for a period of time. And when when hurricanes weaken, uh, they tend to move more westerly than they do north or northwesterly. And it was, that, it was kind of that weakening phase that allowed it to bend westward, say, about uh, five to 10 days before it made U.S. landfall. And then there was a big dome of high-pressure aloft off the northeast seaboard that eventually um, you know, forced Florence into the Carolines instead of letting it curl out to sea. So that was, um, <clears throat> that was one of the uh, most bizarre tracks that we've seen, just to be able to make it all the way to the U.S. starting that far north
0: yeah, and it was also interesting. I thought how uh, how when it broke apart, it kind of you know when it initially lost strength, it got pretty strong. and remember then it kind of encountered that area of shear you were talking about, and it got really shredded up. I mean, it looked terrible on satellite presentation, which is why I remember thinking that it was very impressive that the hurricane center's forecasts were so good that it was going to, Hey, this is going to restrengthen. This is going to become really strong again. And actually, did it get up to cat five at one point or was it only cat four?
1: Well, that's a good question. I, you know, it had a I couple of times at cat four. I don't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, you know, this was a, you know, this was a, a shining example of an excellent track forecast by the hurricane center, which they've done for several years now. Um, but, you know, it's a peculiar thing about this because at the time we were you know i don't want to say we were rooting for something but i was kind of rooting for a solution that uh, florence would remain intense longer while it was well southeast of bermuda because it, it you know uh, if it would remain in, intense it would have a better chance of getting of curling out to sea but the the odd part about it is because it had that weakening phase it didn't gain any latitude it moved westward and then by the time that big blocking high pressure ridge set up off the off the northeast seaboard Um, it was, it was doomed to move into the Carolinas instead of curl out. So yeah, just really bizarre how you often, you often have to root for these things to curl away, uh, instead of, you know, to remain intense way out in the middle of the ocean, uh, instead of, instead of weaken.
0: Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing, we haven't had like a lack of number of storms in the Atlantic. We've, we've had, you know, a, a pretty good amount of them so far this year. But the crazy thing is that it's been kind of quiet in the Caribbean Sea. And that's just something that I think a lot of meteorologists have noticed. Um, I guess it's kind of a good thing because you do generally uh, tend to see situations that can get bad when you get storms that form in the Caribbean, um, especially kind of this time of year, September. Like, what has been going on uh, with with the the Caribbean Sea this year? It seems like it's been really quiet.
1: Well, it certainly has. You know, we had we had subtropical storm Alberto in in late May come out of the Western Caribbean Sea. But really, since then, uh, the only storms that we've had there is we had we had Barrel basically fizzle uh, by the time it got to the Windward Islands, and then we had uh, what had been Hurricane Isaac also fizzle uh, in the Eastern Caribbean Sea. Now, uh, it's it's been well documented, and there's been some peer reviewed research uh, this decade about it that the Eastern Caribbean Sea is actually considered by most meteorologists, a hurricane graveyard, because generally what the winds do is that the the trade winds will will, will buck into the windward islands and then they'll accelerate after they get past them. So what the winds are actually doing is diverging and it's spreading apart. And when winds spread apart near the surface, uh, there has to be compensated sinking air where those winds are spreading apart. So sinking air then dries the air out, it suppresses convection. So in general, we don't we don't often see a lot. We don't see a lot of uh, tropical storms and hurricanes actually strengthening the Eastern Caribbean Sea. But this year, what we are what we are seeing is increased wind shear. In other words, the change in wind direction and speed with height uh, from stronger westerly winds aloft, more persistent over the Caribbean Sea, and we're also seeing drier air uh, in place over parts of the Caribbean Sea and even uh, in areas just to the east of the Windward Islands. So those are the twin nemesis of, of developing and mature tropical cyclones. If any one of those two ingredients are there, it tends to uh, it tends to uh, squash them. So as a result, um, so far the Caribbean Sea has been has has been much quieter than last year when we had uh, you know devastating Hurricane Irma, then Hurricane Maria. Uh,
0: yeah, that's always a good thing. I mean, the idea that things are quieter there this year. Where, like, where. What do you see going on for the rest of the season? So right now we're starting to get on the downswing. Usually, the peak of hurricane season is like you know early mid-September. You start to get closer to October. Yes, you can still have a decent amount of activity, but you know the trend really starts to go down as far as Atlantic activity. But let's take a time frame like you know the next couple of weeks where we can reasonably look out and just kind of make a few predictions, like what do you think uh, the rest of the season has in store for us?
1: Well, in an average hurricane season um from this point forward, so from say the last week of September on, you typically get three named storms, two of which become hurricanes, and one of which becomes a category three or stronger hurricane uh, again, that's in an average year you know that's that, that averages out active years and inactive years um again, uh, something that Dr. Michael Ventris pointed out while he was while he was down with us uh during Florence is there's been a large-scale kind of long time frame signal this hurricane season that uh, favors broad upward motion, and upward motion uh, is favorable, creating clouds, thunderstorms, which then can grow into tropical cyclones. It's been favorable for that in the Pacific Ocean, but not the Caribbean Sea and Western Atlantic Ocean. So what what you, what you the signal does then is you have suppress, kept sinking motion Generally over, say, the Caribbean Sea, and uh, again the uh, parts of the Western Atlantic Ocean just to the east of the Windward Islands. So that signal is still that large, lo- large-scale, long time frame signal is still in play. It's almost like the atmosphere thinks there's an El Nino, even though it, one hasn't officially developed yet by looking at sea surface temperatures. So, so there's you know the hurricane season is is trying to is trying to fight that uh, large signal for the rest of the season. But what we typically see in October is we see the formation areas for tropical storms and hurricanes migrate back west towards, say, the Western Caribbean Sea, uh, Gulf of Mexico, and just off the east coast of the uh, U.S. So the problem is is it can only take, as we've seen, it only takes one, Right? we say that all the time. Uh, We may only get one named storm the rest of the season, but if it forms in the right place and it has the right steering flow and it has the right conditions, um, we could still have another impactful landfall or strike uh, in the Caribbean or in Central America or somewhere in the U.S. Gulf Coast or East Coast the rest of the season. You know, we, we've, we've seen past Octobers like that. So we, we still have to be
0: pretty vigilant about this. Um, so, real quick before we go, what do you think about this little thing that's off the coast of the Carolinas right now? Because I know there are a lot of people that just got hit by Florence. You know, the rivers are still running high in a lot of these spots above record levels. There's still, you know, terrible flooding that's going on. Jeez, it's after a week after Florence hit. I can't believe how long some of this river flooding has lasted. But, uh, you know, like I said, we're uh, taping this on Tuesday, the 25th. If this thing hasn't been named anything yet. It's just kind of an area that they're watching and invest. Invest area, area of investigation. So, um, you know what? What do you think is going to happen with this? And the thing I've been trying to tell people is that it's it's not something to get too worried about right now because there's a big difference between uh, a big hurricane that just barrels into land and then stalls out and dumps twenty inches of rain. A big difference between that and you know maybe worst case scenario a possible tropical storm that just kind of brushes the coast and goes back out to sea and doesn't drop that much rain. I, I, I don't think it would get up to tropical storm strength though, right?
1: Yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, this, this low pressure system is nothing like Florence. Uh, it's, it's obviously it's not, it's, it's not a category one, two, three hurricane. It's not going to linger nearly as long. It'll be pretty much, uh, pretty much out into the Atlantic by, by later Wednesday. Uh, so it's, it's producing, it'll produce some bands of showers with locally heavy rainfall at times. But, uh, you know, the good thing is it's going to be out of there in about 24 hours time. So it's just, you know, it's, it's more of a nuisance than anything. Obviously the last thing anybody wants to see in Eastern North Carolina or Northeast South Carolina is more rain. Uh, and fortunately this, this little bugger is going to get out of there pretty quickly by Wednesday. So.
0: Sounds good. Well, it's been good catching up with you, John. Uh, We'll do this again soon. I got a good setup in here now. It's like nice and easy to shoot the podcasts now. So, you know, in the past I've had to like, okay, I got to wait till there's nothing going on in the weather and then I can go in there and set it up and figure it all out. Now we're in good shape. Um, Stay warm up there in Wisconsin, man. I mean, you got to start wearing turtlenecks and stuff now, right? It's that time of year.
1: Yeah, it's too soon. You know, I'm just still getting over April. I don't know if you remember April up here, but it was, it was nasty up here. We had a couple of snow events. So I, I'm not quite ready for that yet, but uh, the cool, crisp nights, I'm, I'm, I'm good for right now.
0: You guys still got some snow on the ground from last year? <laughs> uh, allegedly, it all melted. So uh, <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All right. We'll catch up with you soon, John. Have a good one, brother. You too.